Welcome to Divorce Diary Show podcast. I'm Michelle Trainer, the creator of Divorce Diary Show. On today's episode, I have 30 plus year veteran of the entertainment business. He's warmed up studio audiences for over 20 different shows on six television networks, comedian and friend of mine, Quentin Heggs. Let's have a happily divorced ever time on Divorce Diaries. Hi, everyone. Michelle Trana here, the creator of Divorce Diary Show. Welcome to Divorce Diaries Podcast, where I share even more of my divorce journey, random soliloquies, interviews, me just venting about a guy that's not texting me back, spreading humor of my divorce journey, teaching kids with special needs, and dating men with special needs. Uh, but that's not all that I do on my divorce journey. I'm a comic, and tonight's guest, I have had the honor in working with at Dangerfields in New York City. He is a friend who is a 30 plus year veteran of the entertainment business, okay, and has warmed up studio audiences for over 20 different shows on six TV networks. Quentin Heggs, hello, how are you? Welcome. Hey, Michelle. Hey, well, we'll clap. I'll clap for myself. Why not? Come on now. There ain't but two of us here. This is not like it's a studio. There is no studio audience to warm up at us. I got I got my little glass, a little something, something to sip to keep the conversation flowing. Now, I don't know why I just went into Bill Cosby mode. I'm a zibazibazoo. See, this is why I love you. When I first met you, you were just so warm and welcoming and not creepy as a dude. Because as a female comic, I'm sure you've heard this with your female friends who are comics. If you you get like a vibe from certain male. I'm gonna be straight. You do like you get okay. This kind of might be creepy or weird. You were cool, chill, warm, and welcoming, and I want to pick your brain constantly about the world of comedy, and that's, you're just, a, you're awesome, so I was very excited to, when I first met you, got good vibes all, right. all around. Well, thank you. I see you got the check. <laughs> the money, the money has been cleared in your bank account, so thank you for that. No, actually, you know, you know the, the weird thing about it is with male comics uh, and female comics, a lot of male comics are are so thirsty to be around. That's why a lot of comics complain about like danger fields because there are no female waitresses. Oh, right. And it and it's a weird fun. And I'm not putting down all comics, but I know a lot of comics who don't have regular relationship. They kind of look at female comics as that little hey, you're kind of cute, and maybe we could work together kind of thing. I I I I was. I was guilty of that for a little bit, but you have to be able to work with someone, uh, be it a male and female, and keep it somewhat professional. That way, you're able to work together, because the last thing I want to do is be, and I'm not going to name any names, be that comic that yeah. whenever a woman says, I'm working with that guy, oh, no, please, not that guy. He is so creepy. You don't want to be that guy, so no matter what you feel about somebody, uh, you want to make sure you keep it professional. Yeah. That way... When you came to Danger Fields, and I thought, why she why she got to wear the skirt? Why she got to come in, come in some sweats? You're right. so, like he just, yeah. So my yeah. whole thing is, it's almost like if I see a male comic go up and he's got the tight jeans and a ripped shirt, it's like, you, you're not really selling your comedy, you're selling yourself. Yeah. So that's why sometimes when you came in, I appreciate it because you came in as you are. Yeah. You know, so if you say, hey, listen, I, I, ooh, I smell funky. I said, good. Funky is good. Funky's funny. Right. You don't want to come in all done up, mini skirts and, and all because a lot of a lot of people they come in overdressed and it takes away from their comedy. So I appreciate you and a lot of my female comic friends who are pretty. Yeah. And no doubt about it, you're pretty, but I appreciate you. you for and I even told you I appreciate uh your grind. 
that you're putting into the business. So what, whatever I think about you physically, I appreciate you your your business sense. Yeah. I appreciate that, way, that. that way when you came in or like uh, Stacey Kendra would come in Love or like and there's a lot, there's a lot of, you know, good looking women out there doing comedy yeah. and they're, they're nervous about being around certain types of male comics because they think, Oh, if he helps me, does that mean he wants to sleep with me? He wants to date me. Mm. How do I know if he said, Hey, you know what? I got this great connection for you. And you don't want to have in the back of your mind. All right. What does he want from me? If I told you, you know what, Michelle, I got this guy. He would love to have you on his radio show. You know, I'm doing it because I think you're good. Yes. Yes. So I, so that's a very good point. I never, like you could tell you're not the type where I have to second guess. Oh, what does he want in return or what? Because I've had that. I've had somebody ask me to drive them to upstate New York if I, and I would host for them Mm -hmm. on New Year's Eve. And I didn't really know him. And I was still, I'm, I'm always, I am 38 and I'm still green when it comes to not getting men and like how they use me. (laughs) And I'm not even talking about the comedy. I, I'll tell you that in a second, what just happened with my friend. But like, okay. I was like, so is this a good idea? I said to one of my male friends, he's like, no, it's not a good idea, Michelle. You're staying overnight? No, but like we would be, I would, I was supposed to drive him upstate. I yeah. would be hosting. He said there's, there, it was like, I think $50 plus food and then drive him back all alone in the car for three hours each way. And it's that $50. was yeah, fifty dollars. The weird part is the fifty dollars. Oh, you know what? Maybe maybe it was two hundred. It was it was not two hundred is not bad at all. But like to drive for three hours and then be with this guy for two hundred and fifty something like that. Fifty is a, a big difference than two hundred. But it was yeah. odd. And then I finally said to him, "I'm just really bit." And then he offered me another spot on something that I couldn't do. He's like, "You, you know," and you know what he said to me? He goes, "How do you get spots?" being a single mom. And so <laughs> I, I just kind of sucked it back. Cause I, I honestly was a little getting a little creeped out by the amount of times he would ask me. And then I was like, I want to do the work, but I don't know what's, what is this guy? He does, you know, it, so I finally just said, I do what I can when I can. That's it. Yeah, and, I mean, and he never bothered me. Again. <laughs> yeah. You, you being a single mom has nothing to do with, with your comedy. It's like, I know. You could be a single dad. I know a lot of comics that are single dads that are raising kids and they still go out and they're grinding. They out there doing their thing. I mean, to me, creepy would have been, hey, I'm going to give you 250 bucks. You drive. Uh, they're only giving us one room. So if you want to, you know, there'll be two beds. If you want to just crash in a room, you know, that, that'll be the deal. Now, mm. I would feel uncomfortable with that. But if he just said drive there and drive back, I would look at it more like, all right, I'm doing all the driving. Is he chipping in for gas? If he's doing... If he if he's not saying we have to uh, make a stop somewhere, we got to go somewhere, we have to sleep in the same room, I would just take it as a business thing. So it was more like, do I take it, do all the driving, six hours round trip, the money? Is it all worth it for you to do it at the end of yeah. the day? Right. I would. And I would. Because if, if if a female comic would have said the same thing to you, would you have been creeped out? No. No. But see, it's the same deal. Yeah. I. So, I. You're. I. You're right. I, I did hear, you're right, you're right on that. I also hate, like, I like being alone in the car. <laughs> you know what? That, 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 I know, that's hey, hard all the time. As a person, I don't drive, and I take that into consideration when someone tells me, you know, Q, I would love to pick you up, but you're not on my way. And I said, yeah. okay, don't worry about it. You know, I, I, I always, I've been doing this over 30 years. I know how to get to where I got to get. Right, I've been at a right. show where I was the only one taking public transportation, and the wow. other two families were driving, they both got caught in traffic. 
Wait. And I was closing the show, so we had to wait for them. I said, because I said, no, we don't want to start the show with the headliner, so we got to wait. And he was pissed. He said, why don't you guys all come together? I said, listen, we all came together. We all would have been stuck in traffic. I would have been exactly. one of their cars. And we've been, it's a good thing I'm here. So we just waited for them. So yeah. to me, it's like, if you can get a ride and you trust someone and they say, hey, you know what? I wasn't giving you 250, but let me throw you another 50 for gas and tolls to make you feel more comfortable. I, yeah, you're right. I think it was a vibe I got that was like not a gut, good feeling. And I was glad I didn't take it. Um, yeah, I heard about yeah, that. Yeah, you, 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 you did good. You did good. You know <laughs> why? Because the last thing you do, you're driving, have a couple of drinks. No, I got to drive three hours back. Oh, come on. I'll drive a little bit. You drive a little bit. <laughs> and if we get tired, we'll go back to a motor lodge and we'll just sleep over. You don't want to put yourself in that predicament. So you God, no. And, and here's the deal. So we're going to, I want to talk about this with you because I'm so fascinated about your, your um, like 20 different shows on six television networks. What, yeah. So can you, this, that's awesome, by the way. And I'm envious and jealous and I want to do that myself. But I want to know when you were start. like, what was your, how did you get your first, like, how was, what was the first big gig that you got and what helped you get to that gig? I know that's a, a very common, uh, probably popular question, but that's how I like to see your pathway, that first gig that got you platformed up to allow you to go to all those different networks and those different shows and warm up crowds. Uh, in a nutshell, it all started with who wants to be a millionaire. Right. Because uh, I was signed with uh, RPM. It was Roger Paul Management. And which I became rap Paul management. I was, I was signed with, you know, when Joe rap and Roger Paul were still together. Uh, 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 Roger Paul actually got me an audition. They said that uh, Regis Philbin is going to be hosting a new game show. I'm like, read from daytime television. What kind of, what? So I actually, uh, I auditioned, I think at the comic strip and then they had the finals at stand up New York. This is like in the summer of 99. Okay. So, uh, it was supposed to have been, I think, 12 of us in the finals. So they saw, I think, a female comic, Buddy Bolton, and then me. And then after I went off stage, and, and I, I, I think, if you know Buddy Bolton? I, I don't know him. I know I've heard of him. Buddy Bolton is, is, is a great stand-up comic. Actually, he, uh, he's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, if, you've ever seen, if you've ever seen, uh, what was the TV series? Um, was it Gotham? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I think, it, I think it was Gotham. He played a bad guy and he was unrecognizable. He played like a scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was unrecognizable. So he's been, he was in uh, Bad Boys. He played, mm -hmm. you ever seen the movie Bad Boys with Will yes. Smith? Yes. Remember when they were, they had those chemists that was cooking? Oh, yeah. And he was the one that said, yeah, we're fucked. Because <laughs> they didn't have enough what they needed, yes, the drugs yes. they needed. So, and then they, the main bad guy yelled at him because he said that we're fucked. That's Buddy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We'll be making a long story short and make it longer. No, no. Well, Buddy and, and me did so well that um, that Michael uh, Davies, who was the executive producer, he started Millionaire back in England. He came to America to do it over here. He left the show oh. to tell me and Buddy he wanted us both for the show. Wow. They still had other comics to see. He said, no, that, no, I, I, this is what I want. Buddy, you're going to do the first eight shows. Q, you're going to do the five shows after. We're doing 13 shows to start. You know, it's only that's back when it was still two weeks at a time. Yeah, yeah. So Buddy did the first eight shows. I did the first 13, I mean, the last five shows. Then once we moved to November, they can only afford to keep one comic. And I, I, don't, I don't know why they said afford because 
whether you pay two comics, like you do some shows and I do some shows. It's still, it's not like you're playing both at the same time. Yeah. But that's what they told me. We can only afford one guy and they chose me. Ugh. So from November of 99 till I think, uh, I subbed it a few times during uh, winter of 2002, I was the one become a millionaire. And I got that's a chance awesome. to do so much from that. I mean, I did two seasons with, uh, 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 with the uh, Jesus, what was with uh, Colin Quinn, Tough Crowd. Oh, I did two wow. with Tough Crowd and Colin Quinn. Uh, I did a couple of pilot shows. Uh, uh, I'm, well, I don't know why I'm going blank now on the names of the people. Who was the one that played uh, the girlfriend on Do the Right Thing? Oh, Spike Lee's um, girlfriend, Rosie Perez. Yeah, oh, I love with her. Rosie Perez. We shot two pilots at Sony Studios. Sony Music Studios, I think I've done maybe five different shows from that. It's no longer there. I did five different shows. So the good thing about warm-up, and I'm sure the guys who are listening who do warm-up, once you do one or two shows, you're the go-to person. Yeah. Somebody has yeah. a new show, they say, oh, is Quentin Heggs available? Is Ryan Reese available? Yeah. Is, is, is this, they just go and they find out if you're available. If they're not, they find out someone else that's available that they don't like to recruit new talent because right. they know... Warm-up is a very hard thing to do if you're just a regular stand-up. And a lot of comes to, well, Quentin, if you can't do it, I'll go in and say, it, it's, it's a whole different world. Because there was sometimes a millionaire, and this is when we didn't, I mean, it wasn't live, but they would shoot. And the rules were, you didn't really, you could, the contestant could take all the time they want. So if a contestant who did one time took 55 minutes to answer, when they go to a commercial break, you have to go out there. All right, they want everybody to stretch, people go to the bathroom. You have to go out there and entertain. There was one time we did a celebrity show and Brian McKnight was in the, was in the hot seat and his uh, computer went down. So they had to replace the computer. So they took a break. I was out there for over an hour. And you can't what? go out there and do your act. You have to go out there and it's, 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 it's what I call fluff. Holy shit. But you have to have a strong enough improvising personality that I was doing sing-alongs. I was just going to talk to people. I said, how do you think this show is going so far? Oh, I think that. We don't really care what you think. Here, take a t-shirt, be quiet. So I would go out there and just talk to people, talk to people. We did sing-alongs. I was doing stump me. It's like, hey, I am the king of um, TV sitcom theme songs. So anybody that can name a sitcom that has words, if I don't know know all the words to it, I'll give you a t-shirt. So that was my, my go-to fluff for yeah. most, most of the shows, especially for millionaires. So they had a lot of T-shirts to give away. So I would go out there and people tried their darndest. They actually didn't even want the show to go back. I said, guys, we got to go back. Thank you so much for being patient. Now we're back to millionaire. No, no, no. I want to try. It's my turn. It's my That's turn. Awesome. It's like, so that, only bad thing about that, you get them so hyped up that a show like Millionaire, they have to be quiet again. And then yeah. people are like looking at me going, can I get a shake next time? Is it my turn next? Shh. The guy's going for the million dollar question. No, don't wear my no damn t-shirt. Let's sit the guy with some money. <laughs> but I tell you what, the, the good thing and the blessing that I got from working for all the shows that I work with, I mean, we're talking about ABC, NBC, ESPN, HBO. I met some really cool people. I've had a chance to, to I sit and had lunch with Mark McGrath. Uh, I used to love him. Yeah. And, and I remember one show we did, a celebrity show, Millionaire, uh, they had to hold up because, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm going, well, you know what it is? I should never, ever drink before podcasts. Oh, whatever. I'm, let, let, let me have a little tip still. Hold on. You, I haven't coffee. I gave up wine for a while. I had a beer tonight but with my, at my dinner, but then I was like, I need to stay up and like co- be, be enough coherent where I remember like how to say my own name. 
I know because I stay up till two o'clock in the morning creating content and writing. Like we'll get done with this and I'll write and do a couple of videos and try to edit. And then I'll probably not be able to keep my eyes open. Well, then I envy you because you have a full uh, day. Well, so that's what my, all right. So when you were, were you, so this is the thing where I'm like, I don't know what template to write packets in. I write my, I write, just write the sketches out as in a script format. I don't have final cut and I don't have final draft. I just write them from what, I mean, I have a theater degree. I have a theater background. I went into improv and then I took a period of time off from all that stuff when I got married and Uh I, yeah. And then like, I'm back (laughs) in the game (laughs) now, but like, I don't know. What, what do what would your advice be for me where you see I'm I'm trying to get on Wendy Williams or a late night spot to do a piece, a segment of my show, or even just talk about the fact that I'm using humor to monetize and make other people feel good. What would you suggest? Like, do I start writing packets and submit? Do I I mean right now we can't even go on auditions because everything's fucking through a screen. Yeah, is- well and, and that's and that's the tricky thing about about this whole uh, lockdown and pandemic is that what people were looking forward to doing, they can't do. I was almost going to be this season on Merck's Got Talent. Ugh. But then some things happened that it didn't work out because the person that said, oh, we definitely want you on the show, then all of a sudden became like, you could only audition. After all auditions they had last year, between September and January, now people had to, to phone them in and they did it via Zoom or via Skype. And then they were doing it that way. So they changed the whole format. I'm not mad. It is what it is. Yeah. But for, for you, I actually saw the piece you did with Wendy Williams, the uh, promo thing you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fun. It's energetic. But I would suggest, especially if you want to push your brand, Divorce Diaries, Yeah. you could have little snippets of your podcast. If you have audio and video of you laughing and talking with your guests, mm-hmm. answering questions, like little 10, 15 seconds here, this instead of just showing uh, just you yourself, because the number one thing is, if they would have had this in the studio, you would have been perfect. Yeah. Because she can introduce you. Of course, you could wear one of your lovely dresses that you just love to show up them damn legs. Stop it. Oh, boy, here we go. Ow. You come out there, and you know, you know, I know you pulled a muscle. I know the crack your ass hurts right now. I'm not kind thirsty. I'm hungry. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. I'm not thirsty. I'm hungry. Be starving. Because... <laughs> Because if Wendy had you come out dressed to the nines, she would have loved that. She is such a, oh my God, oh my goodness. I love that. I She's love what you're wearing. How can you be divorced? How can you be, the, I don't know why I got her sounding like, That's like a, good. A, a, a gay theater writer. Oh my goodness, this is my work. This is my baby. Talkstone trilogy. No, but if you would have come out on that set, but when you went, it would have been great. The crowd would have loved you. And then you would have said, they told your story, talk about your podcast. And then they said, you know what, let's show a couple of clips. And then you can show like little snippets because it's up to the producers. And I know from working on different shows, uh, I work mostly on game shows, but I did work on a couple of shows that were like, like segment shows. Mm-hmm. And I know when I work with Iyana, Iyana Van Zandt had a show. And as a matter of fact, my first day working on her show was September 11th, 2001. Stop. That was, I came to work. This is my first day. I'm wearing a suit. I got on the train. I got out the stage. What? Why is everybody screaming and running? What's going on? Swear to God, that was my first day on her show. So what happened was, after a show that I started, she had to change her format. Because she had a very fun, lighthearted format, but then it got very serious. 
Yeah. And it had to be like, and it kind of killed it because she's like uplifting. She's yeah. like, you know, the spiritual person is like, hey, you could do good. Don't worry about it. But now she's like, all right, guys, you know, she's trying to calm people down. And I'm in the audience trying to be funny in between the breaks and I'm handing out tissues. So once we got like around November, she wanted to change her format back to fun and, and fluffy again. And the producers didn't want it. So, well, listen, we're being preempted because, you know, all of this stuff is going on in the world. Nobody wants, I mean, she had Ben Vereen on one show teaching her how to, how to, how to tap dance. Oh. And they said, well, your ratings, your ratings are killing because you're trying to, hey, we're going to do like spring wardrobe for next year. And nobody wants to see that. So she was clashing <clears throat> with her own yeah. producer. Quiet is kept. Well, it ain't quiet now. So she was clashing with her own producer. <laughs> he wanted to bring a little fun. She said, no, we can't do dreary, dreary. We got sisters that haven't seen each other in 20 years and everybody's crying. I don't want that. I want people to be uplifted. uplifted this is yeah. But now you don't want people to turn, they're, they're sad, they're at home. They don't want to leave because they're scared of terrorists. Now they turn the TV. Now they see people crying. Yeah. She didn't want that. She wanted people to be to find fun things to look at. So if you would have been on with Wendy, going back to that, it would have been so much fun to have the producers see you, see your energy, yeah. and then you can show clips of you, show clips of your podcast, and talk about the whole divorce experience. Because I'm sure Wendy has gone through a couple of men herself. So I'm sure she got a couple of stories to sit there and talk about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So that's why I put in the thing like, you know, I, cause I love, actually love her show too. And I do love a lot of like, I like the view. I like to talk. Those were other ideas I had, but like Wendy, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. I've been to the show. I've seen, I've yeah. seen the show. I think I've seen the show twice actually, but I figured it would be so authentic too. And, and that's a great idea. And actually I have made a bunch of other smaller promos for other things with uh, audio of the podcast where I have the scripted series of like I wrote a pilot for Divorce Diaries and you know just a couple of the uh, scenes but I think that's a fabulous idea I'm definitely going to use that because I'm just gonna I feel like if I can do one a day to one every other day be like yeah I'm gonna keep putting this out there I found her producer on LinkedIn I hit up somebody that has gave me the booker I, I emailed a lot of people today and and even like Jenny McCarthy like I like her kind of personality like those are the kind of people I would love to share a piece of my story with because it matches. Like I, I love Colbert, but I don't match for his platform, even though yeah. he's from Montclair. Hey, I'm right. I'm right down the street. I'm from Montclair, <laughs> but, but he, and I, I've seen him at Kings before. I've, I've seen him shopping when I was married. I was like, that's Stephen Colbert. But I like, I like the way you just flipped your hair back. I saw me traffic. Hi. <laughs> Queen Latifah, there's so many, there's a Queen Latifah I saw when she was at the Wayne, she grew up in Jersey. I, I, when I used to work at Pier One Imports, her mother came in when I was in high school and I was helping her mother. I didn't know it was her mother, but she's, she got done, got done. I helped her out with finding stuff. She goes, no, my daughter's in the music business. It's, oh, really? What's your daughter's name? And she looked at me like, like, I, like, I was like, I don't know. What's your daughter's name? She goes, Queen Latifah. I said, Oh, <laughs> and she and it was her because I looked up the mother later on. I was like, yeah, that was her mom. She yeah. was so sweet and lovely. And then the, later on, like two, three years later, I saw her at the movies and I went up to the, the friend and I was like, is that? And she goes, no. Like, <laughs> we are living. I so many more raps of Queen Latifah, but I was starting to sing living, living single soundtrack. Anyway, um, but, so. But I, think, I think if you, if you're going to submit uh, your brand divorce diaries to any show i would suggest watching the show because a lot of formats are changing right now yeah. like like colbert or even i mean the daily show 
I think Trevor Noah is one of the only people doing it right because he's mm -hmm. the only stand-up. So yeah. I'm watching these guys do their monologue. I mean, Seth Myers is back in the studio without a crowd. A lot of guys are shifting back to the studios. Yeah. But a lot of these guys, they have, you know, good writing, but then it's it's all about politics. It's politics, politics. And then for them to ace in a great interview is, oh, we got like the guy Woodward. We got um we got Joe Biden. They they're only doing what's in the news. So to them, uh an everyday story. It, it, they want something to give them ratings. They, everybody's fighting for ratings right now. Yeah. So you got to be very selective of who you send your stuff. Not because, oh, you don't want to waste your time. Of course, I don't care if you send out to a hundred different places, but you want to make sure you know exactly who is handling your material. Right. Because mm -hmm. you don't want to waste your time. Like say yeah. like if you know there's some NPR shows that deal with the subjects that you talk about, you run for it because you could actually jump right into the whole bay. But if you know like, Hey, I want to, you know, do the Daily Show, and you know that Trevor Noah—they never really have guests that aren't yeah. that aren't famous and well known. Then it's like segment shows, like Tyra used to have, mm -hmm. or like Wendy Williams has now. Those are the shows that are better for you yeah. because they have segments, they have segment producers, and you can even—I know they have. Um, I, I'm very good friends with Greg Kelly, even though I haven't spoken to him in in a while. And with Greg Kelly was with uh, Good Day New York. Yeah. I've only show a couple of times and that'd be the perfect, even better than Wendy. Because I mean Wendy Williams has a fan base, but I think a lot of her demographics are a lot different. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people started she started saying the wrong thing, so she turned off a lot of her demographics. So now it's like, you know, it's only I'm not I'm not even gonna name her demographic. It's only certain types of people that watch her show now. Mm -hmm. But Good Day New York and its heyday, it was these people getting up, going to work. Yeah. Like, oh wow. Hey, I'm watching it live. I'm brushing my teeth and get ready for work. Oh my God, because you're a school teacher, right? Yeah, well, I was. I, I left. I full-time perform now. My company, my theater company and Divorce Diaries. I, I left in February. But nobody has to know that. Oh yeah, but I still teach like through my yeah. company, but not, yeah. yeah. So, so the thing is, your He's like, Michelle, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. No, the thing is, it's almost like if you say, this is what I did, you could, you could still say, this is what I do. Because yeah. no one's going to fact check you. They just know if this is a background. She does this. She does that. She's a comic. She's a single mom. And she has a hell of a divorce story. Yeah. And you know, yeah. like somebody said that, hey, I need a, I didn't want to watch a funny video. Or like, it was, what does this guy say? I want to watch a scary movie. You said you're going to send him your, your wedding video. Oh, yeah. I saw. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, okay, so funny. Thank you. Because I was like, I, and you know, I felt like you feel it in your gut when you're like, oh, that's a good joke in yourself. Because like, I used to tell myself, you know, if your shit's funny or not, Michelle, don't even try to second guess. Like, that's, I was like, all right, that's funny. I'll post it on my story. And then I tagged him and it actually became the wrong person. There was yeah. another Michael Verity on my Instagram and he messaged me in caps and wrote wrong person, LMAO, wow. that shit's funny. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah. hey, but I, I, I thought it was, you know, you, and you have to like, I'm a big uh, Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I don't know if you know him, but like, I read this and like, it's all about social media and marketing and branding. Really? I, I couldn't even pronounce his last name. What the hell? Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh my God. He's awesome. You gotta, gotta Google him. He okay, is an, uh, all about like just using um, social media, the internet, the, the to market and promote. And he's, he's a positive, upbeat person. Um, but I I think this is very helpful because 
I also feel like everyone's path is different. And in the entertainment industry, everyone, when I first started out as an actor, I felt like there was so much like you, it's very hard to make it. And when I, I felt like, yes, it is very hard to make it, but it's also very hard to do a lot of things if you get so negative about it in your brain that you don't do shit about it. So yeah, like at, yeah. at, the, at the beginning of the quarantine, like I have paid into unemployment for years, right? Through as a teacher. And I was like, fuck, I just left my school district job. And now I have, I have a theater company that's an LLC that that's my company. And then mm-hmm. Divorce Diary Show and any comedy gigs I got. But I was like, what am I going to do? I have a little bit in my savings. I just transitioned careers again. And I was really scared. And I got on the phone because I, I had to wait nine weeks for unemployment to finally come through. I mm. got on the phone with every single official and uh, my district and I put in the work to get my money earlier than I would. I would have probably been waiting more than three months if I didn't. Uh, well, what did I say? Not, yeah. So it was scary because I was very scared about that. I mean, I, I would have been... Why, why, why did it take you so long though? If you were <laughs> eligible, you should have got it. I left. So I wasn't fired from my school district. I left. I resigned because I had opportunities with my company and with Divorce Diary Show. I, mm-hmm. I left in February. So when I submitted, it was like a red flag because... Oh, you and now you're just trying to get right. free money because you, you didn't find... Oh, okay. And then also, thankfully, I was still working virtually. My old, my library, I do kids comedy or kids theater and kids comedy. Like I have a whole bunch of puppets and stuff. And I I do sensory theater for kids with special needs. So all of my library clients kept me on for virtual shows, but I had to reduce the price. So I'm still making money and I had to claim that, but that wasn't enough to like live off of. And whereas my original price, right? So it was such a big thing. And finally it, it came through, but the guy in the department of labor, he goes, he called me on a Saturday morning. It was like, the, it was like the, the manager, not just the regular customer service. People. It was like the man. He's like, you really like you, you really like, I see you called like your, 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 uh, your, your district, um, your, your elected officials and your legislator or whatever the fuck. I can't, I can't remember now the names. He they said, had a log of everybody you called? Yeah. And I called everyone. Like, it was my ex and I was pregnant kind of thing. Like, he was oh, blocking me. Where's my, was... my money? Where's my money? Uh-uh, uh-uh. You owe me 13 weeks, motherfucker. You... No, no. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you can curse on this podcast. I curse like, all the time. Like, you know, where's my money? I want my money. You owe me money. <laughs> oh, this is my advice for you. There's something I noticed. Now, this is not trolling. It's just honesty. I've seen a few of your pictures. And you always seem to wonder, why Why do I keep picking the wrong men? This is my advice to you. Never, ever let a man see you with your hair wet. Never met. <laughs> I never heard this one. Why? Because you remind me of Carrie at prom night. <laughs> Every time I see a clip from that movie, I think of you. And then, oh, I'm by the pool with my daughter and your hair is wet. I'm thinking blood going to come down. You're going to go through the whole gymnasium and people are going to fly through the windows. They don't tell you to like a little bit like Spacey, Assistant Spacey? Uh, I think that's awesome. <laughs> no, no one's ever told you that. I love, thank you. I don't care. Listen, as long as I don't look like my twin brother. If I, any, that's... You have a twin brother? Yes. Oh, wow. All right, the next time you have a chance, don't look I've at the a- whole movie. The original Carrie, <laughs> look at the scene when Sissy Spacek 
has the, the bucket of blood dripped on her. Watch that scene. That I is you that. in one of your videos on TikTok going, I, I just got in the shower. I'm by the back, backyard pool. Ooh, I'm getting wet. My hair's wet. I said, girl, wrap your head up. Ooh, don't let them see you. They're going to think that you're going to put, put them through a roof. <laughs> I, I have, I mean, that's actually a good point because I do scare a lot of the guys I date when I become too intense. But this is a great segue point into the dating part of my show. So we talked the last time we was at Dangerfields about a guy that I was super into. What that he was, I wasn't super into. Um, I, I, I fuck it, I'll say it, I don't care. He knows I think he's gorgeous and hot, and we had a great time together. Um, I did it, you know. I don't know if I fucking should say. Oh, whatever. I, so I can't say it super much. Out. I mean, I, I can't. I, I don't want to tell anybody like where what he were. He he's a performer too, but I'm not gonna put the name out there because if I do, I I, I want to work with them again. So I don't. But it, it was a. He's not a professional dancer. He is. Because okay. um, I think you, you mentioned to me, that's why I'm not going to name the company, but you mentioned yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, and I'm not going to name the company either because I love them and I just don't want to put them out there because we didn't. I, I didn't ask him if I could put it out there. I'm sure he'd probably be cool, but we're, we'll no, keep it moms. He's, okay, he's so gorgeous and he actually was just so also down to earth and like very spiritual. And I got a great vibe from him when I was out there. And I would mm-hmm. told you that he was coming in town from tour. And, mm-hmm. and, and I showed you the picture. I actually told him what you said too when we hung out. And he was laughing because like, he tra- he, he, he's like, oh, you got yourself a brother. <laughs> I, now I remember, now I remember. Okay, and mm-hmm. like, because he- I said, oh, you like chocolate. I said, okay, okay. So you, and then I, I showed you the picture and you're like, oh. <laughs> No, you said, oh, my God, he's so good. Because you, you were doing the talking before the picture came out. Yeah. And I'm thinking, all right, because, you know, all right, Michelle's Italian. Okay. <laughs> I, I, know, I'm, I know in my head, I know I'm going to see. This is what I'm going to see. In my head, I'm thinking John Travolta, blue eyes, tall, you know, dancer, good body. And when you pull that picture, I was like, wait, hi, chocolate. I have somebody, somebody, somebody been to Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'm scared of you. <laughs> Chocolate I have, city. I usually date like Hispanic or black men um, in the post-divorce. And even before then, I had just a thing that was my type. Italian too, but like, you know, I just felt like it just was a thing. I, it was my type. Like, listen, no, I, I had See, I and that's a thing. I don't, don't, never, never downplay it. It's not just a thing. It's like a person can have a type. Like the people that I've dated, um, are a certain type and whether I get flat from it or not, this is just it. Yeah. Now I I was married to a woman that was she was uh black and Panamanian. It didn't work out. I've yeah. known her since I was 15 years old. I got oh. married at 40. We didn't date the whole time. We actually were just friends the whole time. And then she had a bad marriage that she left and I had an engagement that I left. And we kind of like it's almost like you cry on each other's shoulders. Yeah. And you say to yourself, it's like, well, how come we never dated? I've known you for so long and we Whenever we were together, we never argued. We never had any Aww. problems. How come we never dated? And then we dated. And then after about three or four years, we got engaged. And then after 9-11, I had a, I had a soul-searching conversation with a buddy of mine. And he's like, why are you waiting? I mean, if it's a financial thing or whatever, uh, 9-11 proved to us that life is short. Yeah. So if you love her and you can afford to have just a, a nice wedding, you have to have the, you know, the best of the best. If you could just make her happy, do it now. 
And that was the worst advice I ever got. <laughs> I spent personally out of my own savings, my own pocket, I think almost 20 grand. Uh, because her first marriage was in the court. She did wow. it to help somebody get their papers. I'm not naming any names. And she uh, never had the wedding that she wanted. So I said, you know what? He's right. I went into my savings to make her have the best possible wedding I could afford. Oh, and okay. it turned out, it only lasted two years, and it turned out to be the best party I ever gave. And that's all it was, was a party. Was a party. And people were like, oh my God, I never had a wedding. As a matter of fact, the minister that actually did our services, he left our home church. I got married up in um, in uh, uh, New Rochelle yeah. at the Glen Allen Harbor Club. Beautiful nice. off the water. We got married at noon. The, the lake and everything was, the view off there. They had this little, like a temple and it's like Aww. the minister came over and said, I, I really, I just had enough time to do the, the, you know, the services that I got to go. During, I mean, we're taking pictures and I'm seeing him, you know, we're doing like the happy hour. He's over there with a big plate of food. I said, <laughs> I said, I said Reverend, I thought you had to leave. Mm-mm, this, this is delicious. I, I'm staying for a little while. This is delicious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Who would you came from? I said, no, this is all one place. It's like going out. They, they, they did the ceremonies and then they did the whole catering. It cost me a little bit. You know, but they did that. So, yeah. you know, I just said to myself, and still, I was paying for it even after we, we separated. Uh-huh. I was still paying on my credit cards, and I was like, for maybe a year or two after, and I just said, that is the reason why I'll probably never get married again. Yeah, I mean, the, the wedding itself is just a letdown afterwards, too. And I remember my wedding day afterwards. I was, like, a little depressed, and Are I didn't think sure? I would be. I was... <laughs> no, that's just it. Mine, mine was great. My, no, I, mine was, was great, great, but it was a letdown afterwards. Like, it was over. That was it, you know? Wow. Love my wife. Yeah. But it came to a point that I was getting bored because I was the one that was always the sexual one. I was the one that was always leading up everything. It's like, hi, go to bed. So I had to initiate every, every single time. It was like lay down flat. I had to turn over and go like, mm, come here, baby, come here. If I didn't do that, nothing would happen. Uh, I got tired. I got bored. I needed yeah. someone to be aggressive with me also. Because yeah. sometimes men like to be pampered. It's not, someone may think the guy is always a caveman. You know, yeah. I like, pull me, pull me in bed, throw me down, and I'll just lay here and you do what you want. But that gets boring after a while. I like the back and forth. So I, I find myself going to strip clubs sometimes. Knowing in my head, I'm not going to get laid. I'm not going to meet anybody. No, but it's just the fact that a woman will flirt with you and be aggressive because she wants money. So they use their tools. And that the the aggressive part of that was actually nice. So I would lie and say I had late shows just to go before I go home and have that beer, go get enticed and then go home and be so turned on. I was able because my wife, she, she just stopped turning me on. Yeah. And the thing is, if he's having that same problem, with his girlfriend, he needs to get out of that relationship. There ain't no, well, let's try to make, I mean, if you're married, you try to make it work. Yeah. You have kids, you try to make it work. But if you're just in a relationship, they're not living together, they don't own any property together, you have to say enough is enough, or you're going to be stuck in this thing where he's going to meet people like you that he knew in his past that he's attracted to. Another person you might meet, I'm attracted to all these women, but I can't do anything until I find out what I'm doing with her. Yeah. If she's the only problem, then he has to eliminate the problem. If he says to himself, hey, Michelle is good, but I can't wait to get home to my girl. 
Michelle, yeah. I love him. You're a good friend. I know you thought, oh, we used to go, remember that? But, oh, my girl, if you hear him talk nothing about his girl, oh, my God, I hope we have kids. Then you know, I said, man, I wish I would date him, but he really loves that fucking woman. But so that was the opposite. Yeah, so that was the opposite. It was like, he's like, I'm not really sure. Like, which I wanted, if I saw him again, I was going to say something because we had that, I I was like, if he, if he, if I do see me, I'd be like, yo, not for anything, but I, I enjoyed our catching up. But like the other night when we're talking like that, like, what are you doing with your girlfriend? Because, because I just had went and told them all about my relationships with men and how I've been used and I've been naive. You, you and didn't like, tell them all of them now. I did, except the what You didn't tell them about the chocolate. I did, I did. I told them everything. You told them about the chocolate? I told them everything, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm an open book. When people are, please. And the thing is, like, I, I said, he told me some stuff about him and his girlfriend that I was like, Okay, why are you in this relationship then? But that's his side of the story. So you yeah. know what I mean? Like, in other words, I don't know what the truth is. You don't know. I, you know, he's probably not fabricating, but it's like, well, you're going back there and you're living there and you're not moving back up here. So yeah. um, I have to just be a friend and let it go. No, but, yeah, it. but the thing is, if he wants to always see when he comes back up here, the next time he does that, just say, hey, you know what? I'd love to talk to your girlfriend. You know, let's do a, let's, let's do a Zoom chat. <laughs> and if he says no, if he if he tries to hide her from you, yeah, he doesn't bring her up. Like he didn't bring her. I brought her up. Yeah, like, then he's, like then it, I, I'm not, I'm not going to judge him. I don't know him. I don't know the conversations. But that's the kind of person you really, really don't want to mess around with because you don't want to have this girl find your number and think that you're the one. Oh that's no! The yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that it's not that he like he's brought her up, but like when we went to lunch, I brought it up immediately. Yeah. So I wanted to know the tea. I was like, "So what's up with you and your girlfriend? How are you guys doing?" And then that's when you said, "Dick balls, fucking dick, look at <laughs> suck a pussy." Um, so <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you. We have to come back again and have another episode where we talk more about this and uh, yeah, the I'm, other half I'm, because I'm you. So sorry, it's like it's like we we going on our our, our after hour. one hour. Like, yeah. I love it. No, this is great. I just I want yeah. to continue talking about both things so we can do a part three so i can break this into two episodes maybe i'll just put one episode and then we'll do a big part two because i like having the longer episodes especially when like you know it's going somewhere like yeah. not the relationships well, I, mean, I, mean, I have with men. especially once you once you listen at it if you don't really need to edit too much and you're happy with most of the stuff you got then you always keep the whole thing raw i mean there's that's going to be some parts like all right i wish i wouldn't have said that maybe i should cut that out because I don't think listeners need to hear that part. Then that's up, that's up to you. Yeah, I mean, I think that I like the raw part because it's like, well, this is my diary kind of thing. You know, this is me yeah. talking. And like, plus it's just easier for me. I mean, it's just boom, I upload it and it's done and it's great. And and also like, there's so much like fruitful information in the beginning that you said about your career as a comic. And I am ex- I'm going to keep re-listening to it because I need to, I just need to get that kind of stuff in my head. It's motivating. Um, So definitely definitely in wrapping up, definitely find out about the Wendy show. I'm going to find out and I'm going to also create these. I'm just going to keep doing those smart promos, like like, and including what you were saying, because I think that's a great idea. Um, Because it's pushing Even if they say, all right, we're going to have you on, but whatever they decide to do, the whole divorce diaries brand, is what I've been seeing you throw out and you're pushing and you're grinding. Yeah. And 
you want to you want to show more of that. You want to let them hear clips. So you know, if you put up a link, no one's going to go listen to a link. But if you put up, you know, this is part of video. This is part of video. And if you send them like a minute total, and like every little couple of seconds, it's like a quick line or two. It's like you know, this is that guest on the show. That guest on the show. I got all these great people. They love the Voice Diaries. They're all coming to my show. Comics, singers, dancers, and you show people like laughing and talking to you. And like the time you're showing yourself on stage, and it just shows an excitement. Yeah. Oh my God, we got to have it. She has so much great energy that if we have her on the show, people are going to want to watch it. And that's what it's all about. It's about ratings. Anybody can be, hey, I'm just, I'm funny. That's what's, oh, I'm going to go on the show and do comedy. That's like, yeah, but if you're not funnier than anything they've ever seen, it's not worth them putting you on the show because they don't see any, anything that you would do to make people want to watch. Exactly. To make people want to watch. I said, yeah, but I want to do a boxer podcast. That's my, that's my forte. I don't want to put a brand out there that people do not want to listen to because exactly. if they don't want to listen to it, I'm wasting my time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one podcast and 12 people listened to it. They, I put it on YouTube, 40 people saw it. But if you have a brand that you have certain guests and then as your guests get more famous and more famous, you can say, hey, I went to a place, I ran into like uh, uh, Will Smith. I said, Will, just real quick, I want to ask you, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a show trainer with the um, Divorce Diaries. What's the hardest thing about going through the divorce? Just yeah. to get a quick, a quick, anybody yeah. who's don't be afraid to pull out your phone and get a quick, a quick line from them to use for your, for your, your podcast. I love that. That way, once you start building up a lot of people, say, hey, I met Bruce Willis at a restaurant. Bruce, I really hate to disturb you, but I'm with Divorce Diaries. What? Give me a quick thing about being divorced. You and Demi, yeah. I yeah. love it. Even if, you even and Demi co-parenting. Well, don't, don't even tell him what you talk about. Just say, what's the yeah. worst thing about divorce or what's the good thing about divorce? Let him dictate what yeah, he's going to say. Yeah, let him dictate. That's a good idea. Yeah, so if you meet anybody famous or you know some comics that are famous, just try to get anything. You don't have to even do a podcast. Just get them to say something On the really voice quick. memo. I love that. That's yeah. a great idea. That way you can have little blips of this and that. Hey, Jerry Seinfeld said this. Eddie Murphy, I caught him at the theater, said that. And the people say, wow, she's got a hell of a fucking brand. She's meeting and getting all of these different advice things. And then she has guests on her show to talk about it. I love that. That's I why. That's that. why I saw you. That's why I was. I went to your page because I saw the dancing thing, and then I said, I haven't seen Michelle in a long time. Then I noticed a lot of your things. You're like divorce diaries, divorce diary. I said, girl, I, I appreciate your grind. You are you are pushing your brand, and I wish I had a brand that I can push. So I said, you know what? Do your thing, girl. Do your thing. I love you, Quentin. Please come back again to do Divorce Diary Show podcast. And um, have a great night. You're going to hang on before I, I'm going to press stop on the record, but we'll talk after I stop. Guys, stay tuned um, for one final announcement from Divorce Diary Show podcast. Quentin, can you tell them where you can follow, find all your stuff? Where can they follow you? Uh, Call me. They can call me. No, but they can follow me. (laughs) They can follow me on Twitter. At Q Man Comedy, Q M A N C O M D I. Ooh, I had something to drink. Q Man <laughs> Comedy, and on and on Instagram, I'm Q Diddy twenty eight, not P Diddy. Q D I D D Y. Q Diddy twenty eight at Instagram, and uh, just you know, funny things are happening, all good things. Things are kind of slow right now, of course, with the pandemic. But follow me, add me, and I'll and I'll follow you back. Yay! Thanks, Q. Okay, we'll be right back after this.
Thank you for listening to Divorce Diary Show podcast. And thank you to my guest today, Quentin Heggs. Go follow him at Quentin Heggs on all social media platforms. Happily divorced after. 